You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York, and I've been studying with you. We've been studying together each and every day. And we are going to continue with John chapter 13. Before we do, I want to invite you, like I always do, to check us out at soh.church. You can plan your visit to Sound of Heaven. That would be awesome. You can also download our mobile app. Uh, We've got a free digital Bible on there, but a ton of other great resources as well. So you can get that at soh.church or you go to wherever you get your apps, whether it's the Apple Store whether it's the Google Play Store, just go there, type in Sound of Heaven. It won't be hard to find. And if you're listening anywhere that you get podcasts, like, share, subscribe, set your notifications, leave comments. It helps because it moves everything forward and gets us in front of more people. And we are growing in this study together day by day. Okay. So yesterday we went through John chapter 13 Jesus displaying an incredible, incredible miracle of love. And I say miracle because the fact that God, the creator of the universe, not only would he come to earth, right? If we were God, chances are we would come to earth and just put our hands up and and wait for everybody to just drop and worship us. But our God, who is full of unconditional love, was willing to not only come here, and to die on a cross, but on the way, heal our sicknesses, teach us how to love one another, and wash the feet of his disciples to do the works of the lowest of the low servant in the room. It's really just astonishing, and it's almost too amazing for words. And I get, like I said yesterday, this is my personal view, is aside from the cross, And the resurrection, to me, that is just such an incredible display. Because most of us, we would have a hard time washing each other's feet. But what did Jesus say? He says, now that I've shown you the example, you should also wash one another's feet. Verse 15, he says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You will be blessed if you do them. We are incredibly blessed when we serve others. And Jesus is saying, I did it. So can you. And scripture tells us that we don't serve a high priest that that wasn't tempted in all. He was tempted in all things. So anything that you're going through, anything that you're tempted with, anything that you're struggling with was actually a temptation to Jesus as well. But he overcame those things. And you and I won't do it perfectly, but he did. So we have Jesus as the standard, not only the standard of what we can be, but everything that Jesus is, is the, the standard of who God is. So let's continue with the last supper here. And we see Jesus exposing some things in terms of his betrayal. 
And here's what I know. Every single person that's listening to this right now has been betrayed in one way, shape, or form. You, me, not only have we all been betrayed, but we've also, if we're honest, and if you haven't, let me know, but I haven't come across somebody where this was true yet. We've betrayed people as well. So let's start with verse 18 here. This is Jesus talking. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. Now, what does he mean by that? In Psalm 41, verse 9, I'll read it to you. It says, My old familiar friend in whom I have trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Talking about being betrayed. And for the sake of time, I won't get into that whole story, but that's what Jesus is quoting here. So we talk about types and shadows and things that happened before. Jesus is saying that the words of the psalmist David are being fulfilled here. And... I just want to say this as well, because there's a lot going on in the world right now, and we want to go ahead and point out maybe somebody's race, their their ethnicity, their sexual preference. Anytime something happens, we want to say, oh, this is a this type of person issue. Sin is a broken human condition issue. I just feel like saying that. Betrayal is a broken human condition issue that anybody can be capable of, as we'll see in this study. And oftentimes it could be somebody who's closest to you, but we'll see how Jesus deals with this. So Jesus quotes David, verse 19, I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of the disciples whom Jesus loved, and by the way, this is John. John always described himself as the one whom Jesus loved was sitting at the table at Jesus' side. Now, if you remember remember what I said yesterday, that the way these banquets worked is that you would have uh, whoever was at the head of the table, the most important person, and then they, the closer you were sitting to the most important person uh, was kind of like the seats of honor, descending all the way down to the servants who didn't have a seat at all, which is why it was powerful what Jesus did in washing the feet of his disciples like a servant. So we we can tell that John is close enough to Jesus to be able to do this. He said, the disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of the disciples whom Jesus loved was reclining at the table at Jesus's side. So Simon Peter, who wasn't even sitting as close as John, obviously, motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. Interesting that Peter was far enough for that to happen. We always think of Peter as Jesus's right-hand man, right? So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, that's how close John was, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he whom I will give this morsel of bread 
when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Now, understanding also what happens in these uh, banquet settings, there was a dipping of the bread that would go on. And I want you to think of this dipping of the bread very similar to as like a, a cheers or a, a toast. Right? So he's toasting his traitor. And Judas was sitting close enough to be in that position. So think about that for a second. Earlier in scripture, we read that Jesus knew the hearts of men. So as he's walking through on Palm Sunday and everyone's cheering him, he knew whose hearts were right and whose weren't. And not only did he allow Judas, whom he knew would betray him, to be the money holder, he toasts him there. So he gives Judas the morsel. And it says in verse 27, then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered him. Jesus said to him, what are you going to do? What you are going to do, do it quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what you need for the feast or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he went out immediately and it was night. I have to imagine. Judas takes the morsel of bread, he puts it in his mouth and he's out the door before even the taste of that bread leaves his mouth. So as he's walking away, as he's walking to do what he needs to do to sell Jesus out, he still has the taste of the bread in his mouth. And although he's walking away from Jesus, he, can, he still has that feeling of the love of God on him. And I can imagine how conflicted he must have been in his mind. It's, it's so easy for us, and trust me, it is, to kind of throw Judas under the bus, and rightfully so. Because he sold out Jesus for a couple of coins. And I always like to look at these things not so much in like, look at what they did and compare them to even other people, right? We want to say, oh, well, who's like a Judas in my life? But I also, and I'm just speaking for myself, you go through this exercise yourself if you want to. But I always think of my, think of my, to myself, how have I or have I been a Judas to somebody else? Have I been a Judas to God? And that is like a sobering thing because there's been times in my life where I didn't do the right thing by people. And not only did I not do the right thing by people, but I knew I wasn't doing the right thing by people. And I repent of that. I'm sorry for that. And in, in most of the cases I've gotten the opportunity, I try to make amends for that. So Judas leaves with the morsel of food in his mouth. And when he had gone out, verse 31, Jesus said, now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. You know, very interesting here. Jesus was about to go be humiliated, stripped, beaten in front of everybody, spit on who else knows. To the world, he was humiliated. To the world, he was disgraced. To the world, he was cursed. But to God, to us, to those who know the truth, he was glorified. When he 
if you were told at work tomorrow you had to wash the feet of your coworkers, you'd feel humiliated. But Jesus willingly washed the feet of those who were meant to follow him. He wasn't humiliated. He was glorified. It says, verse 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I will also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow, but you will follow afterward. And Jesus said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you. The rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. So we're at our 1% right now, but I want to meditate on this. Jesus, about to leave them, says, I'm leaving you with this. Love one another as I have loved you. And we've seen that display. They didn't even know the depth that that meant. So far, the most extreme thing Things that they've seen is healing the sick, raising the dead, washing the feet of the disciples. And just in a couple hours, they would see the depth of God's love when he was dragged out, embarrassed. The same people that were laying palms at his feet saying to crucify him. And then he was crucified and killed. And that's the depth of where God loves you. Enough to die for you. And he tells us to have that same sacrificial love with one another. And Peter says, I'll die with you, Lord. I'll come with you. And he says, Peter, by the time the rooster crows, you are going to deny me three times. And Peter, probably in disbelief. Well, we know it. We know it from other accounts. In disbelief, no way. And that's the difference between Judas and Peter, right? Judas knew what he was doing. He may not have known the ramifications. He may not have totally believed, but he knew what he was doing. He had bad intentions, yet Jesus allowed him to stay with him. Jesus loved him to the end. Peter, on the other hand, he had the best of intentions, but we know Peter fell short. And sometimes we're in both of those camps. Sometimes people that we love closest to us are in both of those camps. They have terrible intentions. Or sometimes they have good intentions and they fall short. Same with us. We get into a funk. We make a bad mistake. We do things even though we know they're not right. And other, other times we just mess up. We intended for one thing to happen and then another thing happened. But this is where we can be like Jesus. We can forgive. We can forgive ourselves. 
Because I believe that Judas could have been forgiven. Just like we'll see Peter was forgiven. God's forgiveness knows no bounds. Scripture says that where sin is, grace abounds that much more. So as we go into our prayer and we close out here, I encourage you to think about your situations. Think about God's command for us to love one another. And part of that love is realizing that we all make mistakes. Some of us horrific mistakes. Others, they're just mistakes. We miscalculated. We did something and we didn't mean to do it. But all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So I hope that brings you peace today. Peace in the fact that where you can forgive yourself, you can cut yourself some slack a little bit, realizing that Jesus would forgive the Judas, he would forgive the Peter. And maybe that will reflect into our lives and how we deal with other people. And that we still continue to love the Judases and the Peters in our life. Because by the same measure we give out is the same measure we give back. There are times where we are Peter. There are times that we are Judas. But let's do our best as much as we can to be like Jesus. Father, in your mighty name of Jesus, I thank you that you allow us to study together, Lord God. Help us to operate in your grace and your love today as we go out. And if there's anybody who is on our hearts, Lord God, that we have either done wrong things to or have hurt us, Lord God, help us with that miracle of forgiveness, Lord God, that unconditional love that you display for us, for our own mistakes. Let us extend that to other people. Forgive somebody today. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park. Check us out at SOH.Church starting John chapter 14 tomorrow. I love you guys.